how you guys doing out there? I say, Uh, uh, 
better perspective on how God's love is so important for everyone to receive and, and, and encounter. Oh yes, oh yes, this is, is going to be about God's love. Because without God's love, you guys, what is the purpose? What are we doing? We're just hurting each other. That's all it is. When I can see every day by me working here over there at Wallywood, I can see the hurt, the despair, the anxiousness, the anger. Oh my gosh, I can see it. And it's all because of lack of God's love. Especially these last two generations, we don't we don't really understand God's love. We don't understand morals and value. And just because one person have started a trend and and, and was encouraged, seemed like this person was honored, uh, was celebrated. In a trend that this that this disgraced that disgraced women and expose your body. Now you got you have you have overweight sisters. I'm not trying to decredit overweight sisters, but you got overweight sisters walking around now half naked because they're trying to prove a point. Baby, it don't matter what size you are, small or large, you cover your body up. Nobody don't want to see your cellulite. Nobody don't want to see your bush in the front. Nobody don't want to see your butt. Nobody don't want to see your breath. I'm sorry. That is not attractive. It's not womanhood. I don't care how many keys to the city you get. I don't care how many awards you get, that is not pleasing to the sight of God. I'm sorry. And if this is where women have come to, to get attention of a man because they lack love, it's all because of lack of love, you guys. It is not, it is not to prove that, hey, I'm a certain size, so I got to love myself. So because I love myself, I'm going to expose myself? Nah, nah, that's a trick for the devil, you guys. But that's a whole other episode, okay? But that's just something I saw yesterday at work, and we was looking like, okay, you can see straight through. She could have just took that off and just went on to the new beach. You know what I'm saying? You have children. In a public place, that see this stuff. That this. So this is what we did. So this is what it's come to. This is what it's come to, you guys. And it's a sad place that this is what we came come to. In a in America, in society, in a community, in a neighborhood. This is what you wanna leave a legacy for other children to follow. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. 
So I'm gonna uh, on the next episode while I'm getting ready to uh, I worked all week Ooh. and uh, it 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 it's a it's it's a task, <laughs> but I only have so many weeks left, and then I'll be able to um, do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm trying to
pray that you all had a informative, blessed, safe week. This is Saturday, open mic community conversation. I believe the whole thing. In Boom Tiger TV, I'll be live on some locations, just doing what I have to do. And to God, open up new avenues that are there. And people that He sees that He can trust to come and work with. And I understand that it has to be a certain caliber of person. And I'm not going to force that anymore. You're not going to hear me whine about it anymore. No, why anybody going to give and help me? No, Lord, I ain't helping you. I'm protecting you. And so with that information, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might and trust in the Lord with all my heart and I will not lean to my own understanding. But acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he will direct my path. And and I'm, I'm seeing a temporary, I leave you with this on this episode, a temporary solution may not be a longevity resolution. Because at the end of it, you, you kind of hurt yourself. And um, I was doing some, some figuring, and it'll help me at the end, but at this present moment, if I would have just waited, well, I can't really say that, because somebody else needs help, and um, it just didn't turn out the way they thought. I would just leave it like that. And it, sometimes it causes friction. You know, so you just still, you still strive to do good. You know, the Holy Spirit gave me that word. Don't get weary, daughter, in doing good and well-doing, but you will reap what you sow. And so I'm not going to get weary. I'm going to continue to do good. I'm going to show people love. I'm going to be kind. Uh, I'm not going to allow someone else's negative personality uh, to change my way of living and loving people. Yes, he has given me wisdom, and I, I know what's priority and what's the option. Yes, I, I, I've learned the difference and still learning. But with all of it, I'm going to continue to do good. Okay, so I just want to say hi this morning, and I'm going to share this story with you guys while I'm en route to work, because it was very fascinating how this came about, and the Lord said to all of that, can you tell me what did you get out of watching this movie? There's something I wanted you to see. That things that I see that nobody else would see. They only see segments of a person's life. But they don't see the beginning of their person's life. And they judge them to the end of their life. And they think that was their life. And it wasn't their life. Wow. 
the beginning of our lives really start a whole domino effect of our ending. Yeah. Okay. So God bless you guys. I'm gonna tune in in the next episode to start the beat. We got a couple more days. Go to regular gospel awards. The voting. The link is on the Facebook page. I'm gonna start to put the link back up here. I appreciate your vote for the boom factor on number about my radio show um go there rhythm of gospel see i'm kind of poor the weather changing rhythm of gospel music awards i really appreciate your vote yes i know it's gonna be lengthy because you gotta vote through all the individuals right but it's gonna take you about three minutes show some love to everybody else but when you get down to um 60 61 and 62, take your time and vote for me. I really appreciate it. That's going to be an awesome, awesome time next year in June. We're going to Birmingham, Alabama. So save the date, the 20th through the 24th, I believe, that that award show um, will be um, out in Alabama. Uh, Dr. Rogers gave me a call. He he DM'd me, and I called him back, and uh, it's going to be an awesome time, you guys. And he's doing well. I don't know if you guys knew that he was in the hospital, but he's doing well. And we must cover the man of God. Let's cover all the pastors, the leaders. Uh, uh, a spiritual attack is really, especially the men. Let's pray for our brothers in, in Christ. Let's pray for the children. Let's keep the children covered. Let's keep our black girls and our black boys covered. Please, let's keep them covered. Um, um, stay connected with your family. You know what I'm saying? Teenagers, those that know me, um, stay connected. If you just got to leave a text, so I'm good. I made it where I'm going. You know, not so much. Nobody not trying to invade your prophecy. Why you need to know where I'm going? I'm grown. No, it's not that. It's just that things are happening so fast. People need to know who you with, where you're going, where you're at. You know what I'm saying? 
I strive to try to text my children, let them know, okay, mom done made it home, or I'm at the office, I'm over here. You know, I, I always check in. So if I can check in, you can check in. Do a check-in with your family members, okay? <laughs> All right? And that's about it. So let's give God the praise. I'm on the... Um, He's the light. He's the light. Healed by his stripes. Victory. The victory's already won. He brighter than the sun. His love is, is like medicine, y'all. Hey, 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 hey. Come on. Yeah. See, that's why I can praise my God. He's the light. He, is Jesus the light in your life today? Come on. We got to trust his word, y'all. Come on. Hey. What's up, girl? Where Cassie at? He's the light. He's the light. Him, he's the light. Healed by his stripes. The victory. He paid the price. He's brighter than the sun. His love is better than the sun. He's the light. He's the light. He's the light. Healed by his stripes. He paid the price for you and me. Victory is won. He's brighter than the sun. Come on now. His love is like medicine. Hey. Oh. Uh. Oh. by his stripes. It's the price for you and me. The victory is won. Brighter than the sun and the love is better sun. Yeah. All right. All right, you guys. I have, um,
I'm gonna come back on another feed for that because my Facebook live screen went off, y'all. So I just wanted to get that testimony about today about the office building. Um, I don't know if I went online with you guys and let y'all know what's happening from there, but victory God did a boom factor in my life. And and the 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 guy who I don't know, whoever it was that was stating that they're not going to do what Mr. Mark expressed to me and he said that I took it the wrong way um he's out sick now that's what the the office managers so now they have to wait for him to come and approve whatever I was like wow that's just interesting how all of a sudden he got sick you know so that's why I try to instruct people just let God fight your battle take a stand you don't have to take what they say you know, the enemy could tell you anything. Are you going to let him just talk to you any kind of way and, and treat you any kind of way? We are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. And it's up to us to stand on the Word. Now, are you going to proclaim the Word and just preach the Word and try to tell somebody about the Word? Or are you going to actually live the Word in your own life? That's what the boom factor is all about. You know what I'm saying? I'm living this thing, you guys. I'm not just talking to you guys. I am literally living out, actually living out this radio show. So that's why I'm asking you guys so we can go higher with this radio show and get this award because when we receive this award, they have something else in the making that when you receive an award from the Rhythm of Gospel Music Awards, they have another award show that looks at you. And that's where Dr. D is going, where we can get those major sponsors where we can travel. You know, I want to travel. I want to take the Boom Factor show on the road. And if everybody else can do it, why I can't do it? It don't matter anyway. It's going to get done anyway. I never saw him play. Come on now. Yes. To drink from your mouth is mine. Please use me. Please use me. Yes, Father. See, that's how God want to use you. He want to use you as a vessel of armor to show the world that, hey, God is not dead. He's alive, you guys. He's alive and well. So I'm going to come back and share um, my new product that I'm I'm promoting. And going to be an awesome sponsor for the Boom Factor. Okay? Okay, okay. Uh, upon this episode, I am out and about. That's why you hear all the vehicle passing and waiting on my bus to head on to uh, 
Wally World stage for half a day today, and I'll be off. And I'll thank God my daughter will come and pick me up so I'll have that good long journey to head on to my house. <laughs> and um, with that, yes, I will have my grandbaby. <laughs> Uh, that's why I got the ride. <laughs> but hey, family first. You know, that's my baby girl. She do be looking out for me, so hey. Let um, me sure that I'm taking care of. But uh, with all that said, I mentioned to you guys on the previous episode about just life changes and. Everything is not always what it seems to be. Uh, I believe that society has created this facade and, and people act upon what they see and hear and not what they know. And one thing I learned, I, I, I love about journalism the, the true kind, the fact checkers, that you have to know your source, and your source has to be reliable. And upon that source, uh, you can accomplish a lot of good things. And, and this sounds some awesome revelation. So I, I'm not going to keep you long because my bus going to be here in about five more minutes. But I want to share this this movie. You guys can go and watch it. American Violence. Based on Cuban. This particular story, it caught my attention because this young man had a, a, a death sentence. He was on death row. Okay? But... I didn't know that they'll send in a psychiatrist one more time to interview the person to understand the recent events of his life that lead him up to being on that road. And so when he met the psychiatrist, it was a young lady. She was a doctor and she was top in her field. So they called her because they had confidence in her to really understand should he live or should he die, okay? So when she went in there, you know, he's a tough guy now because all the things that have happened in his life, nobody really did know and so she began to dig it out of him. And this tough guy that you see on the outside was really a broken little boy on the inside. And oh my gosh, a lot of adults, especially men, are broken on the inside and have damaged so many people on the outside because no one did take time out like that doctor did to sit down and really hear his side um, life. It started way back when he was a little boy, about 
three or four years old, he said. And his mom fell into a situation where his father just walked out on him. And she had to go and live with her brother, which was his uncle. And it wasn't that the uncle welcomed them in the home. They had to sleep in this trailer. It's like a one-room shack in the back of the home. And she still was working and to help her brother pay bills. What a story on that one. I gotta help you pay bills and me and my son still can't even come inside your house. We have to sleep in the back umbrella of your trailer in a smaller area. But at that time, that's all she can afford and do for what he explained. But as a little boy, the mother is always trying to read him a bedtime story. She works a night shift better waitress. Normally back then, like in 1960s, 70s, that's how it was. Because remember back in that time, the women were just getting out in the field. There was a lot of women to work. And so you became a, a waitress and you were black. You was a maid. You know, um, you have to kind of know the the situation, the generational era back then. You just have to know the background so you can understand where people's mindsets were, how society was, how did they accepted you, what you had to do. It's a lot of factors in life that I've noticed that people really don't take time to understand folks. They're just looking at the now, you know, and so, where you at now is because of what you did and ABCDFG. Well, it was a domino effect for this young boy. At three to four years old, when his mom left to go to work, you could see the fear on this child's face when he was telling his side of life. And this, oh, <clears throat> this, Horrible, cheesy-looking man coming sit down, telling his side of the story instead of telling the child a bedtime story. He is fathering the little boy, and the young man said this went up all the way to his teenager. And you know, as he got older, it got worse, and so it 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 became. A, a very, very disdain uh, part of life. And he was saying when he got like 15 to 16, he couldn't mess with him no more because he got older. So whatever happened, they had a neighbor with a young boy. So he was playing around with this little boy. He automatically knew what he was doing to the child. And he sat there and he watched him with this little boy. And because of his mother. Now his mother had worked so hard and um, I skipped the part. Um, the mother had got sick and the priest back then, when you're in a certain area, the pastor and the priest came in a neighborhood. They knocked on your door, they introduced who they were, 
where they uh, synagogue was, their church was, they gave them a call. If you ever need prayer, call me. I'll be back in three, check on you anything you need. That's how it was that I remember when I was just coming into the faith, right? So this particular time, a priest came to the house and the mother, um, I guess, was like, my son is acting strange, yada, yada. I need you to come and talk to my son. And so the priest said, um, went to the son, and, and he was about probably nine years old then, and asked him, now you can tell me anything. It was hurting you, uh, anything that's uh, bothering you, with the prayer body, give it to God and work it out. So he told the priest, and the priest just was just outraged and went to the mother and said, I have something serious to tell you about this son. He has been horned and, uh, and it's pertaining to your brother. And she was like, what? You know, she was smoking and drinking. And the priest told her, um, your, your, your brother has been molesting your son. And she was like, what? That is not so. She didn't want to believe it. And so she just went off on a deep end. And it was sad. In a lot of cases, that we find out even now that children, girls and boys, have been molested by their family members. And when they go and tell their adult parents, fathers or mothers, they don't believe them. And they take it out on a child, and the child becomes the villain, and the, and the villain becomes the victim. So how would you think that made that nine-year-old child feel? When you go to work and knowing that your your uncle is coming to rape you, right? Drinking my orange juice, y'all. And you can't do nothing about it. You don't know where to go, who to talk to now because if you didn't talk to the priest and your mom don't even believe the priest, who, who can believe you now? What, what, what can you do for a situation like this, right? So with all that said, you guys, it went on and went on. Until that day when it was outside, and he saw him with that little boy, and he couldn't. He took the baseball bat. He told him to get away from the child. He looked at him like he said a bad word. And he went to him and hit him upside the head with the baseball bat. To the point where he hit him again and hit him again, and I figured. He beat him so bad is because all the times that he touched him, that's the many times he hit him. I really believe that. To the point where now they're arresting him, right? The uncle wind up 
going to the hospital, and he was charged with attempted murder. So, here's this young man, teenager, in jail, gets out, look like they say he got out maybe like 10 years later. So he in his late 20s and his 30s, right? And lo and behold, what he had to endure in jail. So now you got this innocent child. Life's just been taken away from him. And he was thrust into a life of crime. Unaware that that's what he was about to face the rest of his life. But he was still innocent. Handsome young young man, white white boy. Handsome young white boy. And his life just was taken away from him, right? Because there's one incident that nobody didn't know about that started a domino effect in his life. Only people see him now as a violent person, right? Nobody didn't see the innocent little boy in him that started the whole domino effect. And that's what happened to a lot of us in life. People don't see what we have encountered behind the scenes. They only can see you now. And they judge you. They put you on trial. They judge you and execute you with their own words and methodologies and 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 their own way of thinking according to what they even think what the Bible says about you and they don't even know that much. And that's why we have to be careful on how we treat people because you just don't know. You just don't know. Now with that he got out got out didn't really have nobody to embrace him but he said he met this guy in jail that was on that road. And this young man took time out and mentored him. So when he got out, he told him to go meet somebody. Now this 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 man who was his mentor in jail, he was working for some big time dangerous people. But he did give him some wisdom on how to protect himself and not get caught up. He said, go and do only three jobs. He said, but one thing, you never get involved with a certain type of person. He said, because once you in with them, you in. Only way out is that. Okay, so he was giving him some wisdom. Now, I may not be the right wisdom because he still had to go and do some stuff, y'all. But when he got out, he searched out for this man, right? And he had to go to a particular bar, and that's when he met this guy who had turned his life around that the guy inside of jail didn't even know he had turned his life around, right? So he was on a positive note with the young man. Okay? It was first coming and stuff at Come back with y'all on the next episode, okay? Just, just, just stay tuned.
I'm gonna finish the scenario. Side of this church exploded, was nuked, mm. or flooded, or destroyed, and we survived. Just us. And on one hand, you're happy because you made it, mm. but you're stepping out into something you have never experienced before. That, like the bruised body of the baby, sometimes deliverance. It's traumatic. Sometimes better is traumatic. Sometimes bigger is traumatic. It's scary. You, you can see it with college graduates and you got your degree and you're standing there thinking, now what? I'm, I'm, I'm out here. Now what do I do? outside of this controlled environment, outside of this prison, outside of this womb, outside of this cocoon, outside of this ark, and still God called him out. Noah has a grandson through Cush, 
named Nimrod. Nimrod builds a great kingdom. One of the kingdoms that he controlled would become Nineveh. That great city, Nineveh, is founded by Nimrod. And where Nimrod, what Nimrod does is he builds a tower called the Tower of Babel. Later, where that tower would, was built would be called Babylon. Are you hear what I'm saying? Now, Josephus, the historian, says, check this out, that Nimrod didn't just build the tower out of defiance to God. He built it in part out of fear of the flood. In case this ever happens again, Y'all not with me this morning? In case this ever happens again, I'm going to build something high enough to escape the flood because Nimrod is still angry and traumatized by what his father went through because Nimrod wasn't alive in the flood. But trauma passes from generation Come on, come on, come on, come on. Trauma passes from generation. See, some of the nervousness you got, you inherited it. Recent psychological reports have been done on survivors of the Holocaust several generations later. Their DNA has been altered by what their great-grandparents went through. Now, Nimrod is fighting his father's experience. And he is trying to build up a defiance against something he himself did not even... Can I go deeper? Can I go deeper with this? I, I, I want you to understand this. See, the thing about Nimrod is that Nimrod built out of fear. Noah built out of faith. Are you building out of fear? Or are you building out of faith? The Bible said, Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen, built an ark to the saving of his house. He did it by faith. He did it by what? He did it by what? Yeah, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen, built an ark to the saving of his house. To all of you who are building by faith, whatever you build by faith will affect your children and your children's children. This thing is bigger than you. Faith is contagious. Faith is continual. Faith passes down. I know they may not look like it right now, but sooner or later, if you build it by faith, they will have an awakening. Noah, built by faith. Nimrod, built in fear and anger and negativity. That's why you gotta watch your attitude while you're building. 
It's not just what you built, but why you built it. It's not that you're quiet, it's why you're quiet. It's, it's, see, some of you are so afraid to be loved, to be known, to be discovered, to be real, to be honest, that you have built a quiet wall of defense around you to protect yourself and now God is calling you to do things that are out of your comfort zone because you built towers but Noah when he comes out he does not build a tower even though he has gone through the trauma Noah does not do if anybody had a right to build a tower it ought to be Noah after all, Noah already knows how to build. Number two, Noah is the one who's gone through the trauma. And yet the one who experienced it doesn't build a tower. He built an altar. What do you do when you come through something that was traumatic and scary? Either you build a tower to protect yourself or you build an altar to submit yourself. Which one are you going to build when the storm is over? Everybody built something. Everybody in the story built something. But Noah built an altar. Nimrod built a tower. What are you working on? Can I get into this? Good God Almighty. Nimrod built a tower because he didn't trust God to protect him. I'll protect myself. I'll build something so if it ever storms again, we'll go up this tower and we'll be safe. I'll build a tower to heaven. Because when you have been through trauma, you always build something. You know, I love this church when it gets quiet. Everybody else loves church when it shouts. I love our church when we get quiet. Because when we get quiet, it means you're saying, what did I build? I don't know, but I bet your spouse does. Because they're having to live in or with or through what you built. Oh, y'all look like you, you just swallowed a canary. Sometimes you build things you don't even know you built. Sometimes you snap back, you don't even know why you snap back. Sometimes you're enraged, you don't even know why you're mad. You, you didn't even realize that you were building this tower that God would have to tear down. And that the ashes and the destruction of that tower would produce a Babylon that would affect all of history because you couldn't handle the trauma of what you went through. That's why this text is so powerful because Noah opens the door after coming through the trauma 
into a world that he has never seen, recognizing the fact that the ark is a type of being born again, he comes out of the womb like a baby, birthed into a new experience and a new world, and before he builds a house, a market, a grocery store, anything at all, the first thing he builds is an altar. The problem with us is that we build the altar last when you ought to build the altar first. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. We build our altar after we have done everything else we can do. And when nothing else works, then we say, well, I guess I'll just pray. There's nothing left to do but pray. You don't pray last, you pray first. Noah, imagine this with me. Hey, Daddy, we don't have no house. I ain't worried about no house, baby. I'm building this altar. But Daddy, we got kids and we got family. We got stuff. We ain't got nothing to do. There are no roads. There are no highways. There's nothing. Everything's in chaos. Nothing till I build this altar. Seek ye first. Oh, I wish I had some kingdom seekers. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven in all its righteousness, and everything else shall be added unto you. See, you trying to get yours and give God what's left, but if you give God first, everything else... You vibing with me? You vibing with me? You feeling this? So the first thing, no wonder Noah makes it to the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Noah not only built an ark, he gets out the ark and he builds an altar. Where is your altar? Where is your altar? Where is the place that only God If I ask you where your car is, you know where your car is. If I ask you where your suit is, you know where your suit is. If I ask you where your brooch is, you know where your brooch Where is your No wonder you act out like you do. You got a wall without an altar. And how did he, he offers up a sacrifice out of the animals that are on the ark. You understand? That's all we got left. That is really a sacrifice because that's all he's got. When was the last time you gave God your all. No, and I'm not just talking about money. No, 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 no. I mean your everything. When was the last time you worshiped and gave him your all? 
When was the last time you prayed and gave it your no wonder you can't give money? You can't even give praise. You 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 give out little drops of praise like you're doing God a favor. When was the last time you gave God your into this building thing. Well, can I talk about that a minute? Oh, God. I wasn't even going to say this. It just dropped in my spirit. I got to give give this for somebody. I don't know who this is for, but God said, if you want it, you got to build it. If you want this, you got to build this. Nobody's going to will you this. Nobody's going to hand you this. You're not going to marry into this. If you want this, you got to build it. If you want a better life, you got to build it. If you want a better marriage, you got to build it. If you want to build a business, you got to build it. Stop running around people waiting on them to hand you something for nothing. They're not going to do it. You have spent years waiting on people to give you something that they are never going to give you. No understood. If you want an ark, you gotta build it. If you want an altar, you gotta build it. If you want a house, you gotta build it. If you want good credit, you gotta build it. If you want a degree, you gotta build it. If you want a business, you gotta build it. If you want a church, you gotta. I'm not going to die so you can pastor. I'm not dying so you can pastor. I might die, but I won't die so you can be next. Stop trying to kill people for your dreams. Tell them I got some building to do. I'm doing it. Got some building to do. I 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 got some building to do. If I'm gonna have better, I gotta build it. If I'm gonna have love, I gotta build it. If I'm gonna have a relationship, I gotta build it. Mr. Noah's altar. Every person, I don't care how close you are to him, every person got to build their own altar. I can't build your altar for you. I love you. I can't build. I can't build your altar for you. You got to have 
your own altar, your own place, your own hookup, your own connection. And you have to build it. It doesn't come free, prefab. It doesn't come already erected. You have to build it. And so Noah builds an altar. This morning I'm gonna ask you, what are you gonna build? What did God put in your life? The raw materials that need to be built. And you're complaining? Cause it ain't built, I gave you the wood. I gave you the wood. I'm not gonna make the chair. I gave you the wood. It is whatever it is, it is what it is, a result of what you built it. You want it to be better? Build it. You want to enhance it? Build it. You want a better relationship? Open your mouth and start communicating. It's not gonna happen if you don't. You want God to bless your business? God will bless your business, but he can only bless what you build. He will bless it, but he will not build it. So that means you got to get off the phone with them people talking about people. I am 62 years old and I have never met a rich gossiper. I don't know no rich gossipers. Every gossiper I know is broke because rich people don't have time to be in your business. They got to be building their own Now you check the record, every gossiper I ever met. Cause if you taking care of my business, you ain't got time to take care of yours. Touch three people and say build it, build it, build it. I'm almost finished, but is anybody getting anything out of this word this morning? This, this is really, to be honest, this is really a weird Bible story. It's not really a cool Bible story. Because all these people are dead. Except eight people. This is a catastrophe. Yes, it is. This is a calamity of mammoth proportions. These eight people need therapy. <laughs> they need counseling. They might need medication. No wonder Nimrod freaks out. And the question becomes, 
How do you respond to God when he does something you don't like? See, you always preach it real pretty and real nice about them coming out, but they're coming out amongst all of these dead people. The real test of a true son is how you respond when I did something you don't like. The Bible said if you endure chastisement, then you are sons and not bastards. If you're an illegitimate child, when I chastise you, you can walk away. But if you're really my son, with tears in your eyes, you're going to come back to me because you came out of me. Come on here, somebody. is how you react to unpleasantries. Anybody can praise him when he's doing stuff you like. Can you praise him on a kidney machine? Can you praise him in a hospital bed? Can you praise him at a graveside? Can you praise him when you get laid off? Can you praise him when you're scared? Now we talk about real Christians. You see how the shout range went way down? Because half of the people in the room only praise God when they get good news. But if you're really his child, you'll praise him when you don't understand it. You'll praise him when your heart is broken. You'll praise him when you're upset. I was struck by the presentation this morning. I knew Thomas Dorsey wrote Precious Lord, but I didn't know the circumstances around him writing it. With a dead wife and a dead baby buried in the same casket, he stumbles to a piano and builds an altar. Not understanding why God would give something and take it away. He doesn't complain about it. He doesn't get bitter and use it as an excuse an excuse to backslide. He stumbles to the piano and pins to where his precious Lord. Take me on. Take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I'm tired. I'm weak. I'm worn. But through the storm, night lead me on Lord to the light take my hand I can't go through this without you take my hand precious Lord lead me on it is that spirit that made Noah step down out of the ark and get some wood and build an altar and he offered up a sacrifice a sacrifice not a tip not a toy 
sacrifice. A sacrifice means that God doesn't want you to keep giving him stuff you can't feel. Because if you can't feel it, he can't either. What makes a sacrifice a sacrifice is its significance to you. It's a statement of value. It's a statement of value. And Noah says, I know I should. of the fact that I should have died too. So I offer these animals in my stead. This is the gospel. You took my place. He offered a sacrifice up to God. And as he slayed the animals and laid them out and set them on fire, a burnt offering is always a sin offering. Hallelujah. Oh God. I hope you get blessed because I sure am. Woo! I couldn't wait for you to get here. I wanted to preach it so bad, I started to come to your house. I started to come in your living room and just let you have it just so I could get this out of me because when he gave me this, it blessed my soul. I want to give him something he can feel because I realized had he dealt with me according to my sins, I should have drowned with the rest of it. You didn't make it through school because you was better. You made it because he was merciful. You didn't get what you got because you was better. You made it because he was kind to you. Don't you get up here and stick your nose up in the air and act like you something. Bring your nose down to this altar. Hallelujah! 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 
I do anything, I gotta go up here and build this altar and say thank you, God. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you. You let me live. You, you let my wife live. You let my children live. Is there anybody in this house that's grateful? I said, is there anybody in this house that's grateful? Is there anybody in the balcony or anywhere watching on TV, watching on your phone? Is there anybody, anywhere? went to the altar. He went to the altar to worship. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Boom Factor family, what's going on out there in the World Wide Web? I greet you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I thank the Lord every day for always making a way. Woke up to another day in the land of the living. Asking God, what's the assignment since I'm still here? What it's going to be like today? But this is the day that you have made, Father. And I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. What about you? It's Testimony Tuesday. And yes, I began the um, story yesterday. We're going to finish that on this episode. And then the next episode, I'll share some awesome testimonies that kind of like just really encouraged me in my walk with the Father and um, some things that are happening, some big things, but I'm not able to um, release it. And I'm not going to release it because I see that um, just it's just not time. So with that said, I was sharing with you guys on, and I can't really say yesterday, I think it was Saturday, so... My God, you see how these days are passing by? And Dr. D, Lord have mercy. I, I'm just, hey, when I get up, I'm doing what I have to do. And I would check in with you guys 
as soon as I realized, wait a minute, I have not spoken to my family, uh, my radio family, for a couple of days. Let me say hi. But I had a customer, and she was like, um, Doc, when you going to finish that story? It was very interesting. And I was like, what story? You know, she said, you were talking about some guy that was in jail. I said, oh, that was the other day. I said, oh, you were listening? She said, yes, I be tuning in. She said, I don't tune in every day, but then the days I catch up, I mean, the days I don't tune in, I just catch up. Because when I'm working at night, it keeps me up. I said, oh, bless your heart. So I got to be mindful, you guys. I'm not going to take that for granted. And um, please give me, um, give me, forgive me. Please forgive me for not being on here every day like I used to. Um, I'm going to just be honest with you guys. My body is just going through a whole transition. And uh, I'm hitting the halfway mark of 60. Yeah. And it's kind of tripping me out. I can't believe that I'm on this earth this long. And not so much that it's on the earth this long. It's just that... Um, Father already have encouraged me that it's going to be all right. So, with that, I'm going to be on here more, okay? And I won't leave you all these cliffhangers. <laughs> but anyway, so, I was talking about this young man. The movie is called American Violence. You can go and check it out. I don't know if it's on YouTube or Netflix. I don't know. I just watch it on one of them free sites, you know, um, I think it was on, 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 on Netflix, I think, if not, try YouTube, it's American Violence, excuse me, and it's nothing like what you think it is, but anyway, like I was sharing, so, the young man, to me, looked like was thrust into a lifestyle of violence, where he didn't even expect it. Uh, he was in jail from a teenager to like he was I think he was in there like 20 years and then he was paroled out and as I stated earlier um, he met this guy in jail was like his mentor became his mentor I guess because he saw, hey, this is a young child coming up in here. And he was like a big wheel in jail. So he was like protecting him. He didn't do him no harm or anything. They read. Um, He was talking about how the guy um, um, just was there for him, schooled him. I mean, he was able to, um, he educated him. He was his mentor. And in the in the in the in the mentor uh, was sharing with him the do's and the don'ts. He said, "You gonna get out of here because you you don't belong in here." He said, "But when you get out, uh, I want you to go see this guy. This guy up and up. Uh, he kind of taught me some things, and I want you to meet up with this guy, and um, you're gonna be all right." He said, "But." Out of all the people that you do meet in life, be careful. But there's one group of people I want you to stay away from. 
And he told him, never get caught up with the cartels. He said, because the only way you're going to get away from the cartels, you're going to have to die. Right? And so, um, he was like, yes, sir. You know, very polite. I mean, um, it took a, 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 a lot for her to break through to get this out of his heart. But he shared it. And so all through the story, he was, I mean, the interview, he was just telling his life, right? And it was showing where, uh, uh, it was showing where how he got out. He met the guy. The guy had a legitimate job. But the thing about it, the guy found a little niche, right? (laughs) And... He was telling him, he was telling the young man, um, when you do stuff, don't draw attention to yourself. He was really, you know, like an OG, you know, he was telling him the do's and the don'ts. He said, but the but the guy found him a niche. The niche was he was a janitor, right? He got a, he had a legitimate job. And he was a janitor. Well, he was a janitor in these office buildings where these doctors and lawyers and DAs be, right? They have offices in these buildings. And he he come to realize, he told me, he said, yeah, they have side jobs. He said, now these side jobs, like the doctors, um, they'll have the patients pay cash, but still build an insurance company. So they have all this cash, and they have it hidden, and he know where it's at. So certain months, he'll go and take the money, and they can't report it to the police because they already filed for the insurance money, right? So that was his little side job. He said, so I'm going to show you how you do this, right? And so it went on, went on, went on for years and did well. Well, he came across, uh, he had got a new job, and he came across his office um, sweet where this doctor was but this doctor had a vault built up into his office right and it was a big old vault and the young man looked at it and he was like wow that's a serious vault and uh, he said yeah but I know how to break it and we get in he said well nah if somebody got a vault like that that means it must be a very special Occasion, or oh, this person is with some serious people. I don't have a good feeling about this. Now, this is the young man telling them the guy outside the prison. Now, remember, he had a mentor in prison. Now he's out, and the guy in prison told him who to meet up outside the prison. So I'm going to relate to him as the mentor outside the prison. So the young man was sharing with the mentor outside the prison. The young man was saying, nah, I don't feel right about this one. And I don't know if he had called him Unk, but he said, I don't feel right about this one, Unk. He said, um, that's a serious safe. He said, nah. He said, they all the same. You know, they, they, they can't report this money. And so, lo and behold, you guys, this, the, the young the young man was right. 
this doctor, this doctor, now they didn't know who the doctor was working for, but this doctor mainly worked for the cartels. Now remember, the mentor inside of jail told him no matter what you do, don't get yourself caught up with the cartels, right? But they didn't know it was for the cartels, all right? The young man just knew that that was a serious safe, and I got a bad feeling about this, and I think we should walk away. So they broke into the safe, they took the money, and got out. And so even when they got back to the house, uh, he said, I think we need to just take a vacation and leave. Can we just leave the country? I just don't feel right. This the young man telling the mentor outside the country. He said, "Ah, nah, you just, you just got the the we were jeebies because we received more money than we ever received." And he said, "Well, you know what? I remember the mentor inside of jail said, you know, all money is not good money." He said, and for me to stay away from the cartels. You don't think the cartels have something to do with that doctor in that safe? He said, oh, nah, nah. The cartels, nah. They deal with other avenues. He was just trying to encourage the young man. You didn't have nothing to worry about. Well, lo and behold, y'all, guess what? They caught up with him. Because the doctor wanted to find out who stole his money. Because the doctor not only was being paid by the cartels, the doctor was doing his little side thing too, right? So all that money wasn't for the cartels. It was for, I mean, wait a minute, rewind. He was doing side, okay, he was doing side jobs too with the patients, paying cash, but he also was doing side jobs for the cartels. Let me get that straight. So he know the cartels had him holding down some money too, cleaning the money. Cause they got they when they opened up that safe, that safe was stacked. Right? So the uncle out he called him uncle. The mentor outside the the jail, he told him, he said, Well look, to make you feel comfortable, let's go let's go to calendar. Let's go stay out there for a month calendar uh, but we gotta go get something to eat go go get us something to eat and I'm gonna sit here and start making some travel arrangements not knowing that the cartels was looking <laughs> the cartel was looking for who stole their money because they went over there to the dock and they got on the dock like okay you trying to swindle us out of money, and the doctor was like, no, I was robbed, you know, and he said, how can somebody rob you with this safe, this safe's supposed to be, you know, yada, 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 so the long story short, you guys, they found the uncle, right, they tortured him, I mean, tortured him to the point where they wound up killing him, and so when the young man finally came back, remember, he wasn't there, the young man came back and saw him hanging up there, and they cut him open. You could tell they tortured him, stabbed him, sliced him. I mean, till he bled out. And he just broke down. I mean, he just wept, wept, wept. So remember, he telling this story to the psychiatrist, to the doctor. So the doctor writing all this down, and she was like, she was just like, I guess, amazed how 
a young innocent boy get caught up into something like this, right? And so, um, um, now remember, he still had this violent day in him that never was dealt with, right? But his uncle, that was somebody that he cared about, that cared about him. So he went on a rampage. He was the type of dude that when you came in contact with him, you 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 just become missing. They'll never find your body, right? So <laughs> I, I think that's how it went. And so um <laughs> so he caught up with all of them, right? Now the ironic part about this story one of the cartel's nephews had a side gig, right? Now, <laughs> let me slow down. The doctor who they robbed the money for, right? One of the cartel's nephews was in this rink with these other men that brought the patients to him when they were doing their drugs and the doctor knew somebody that can wash the money, right? So the nephew of the cartels, let me rewind that, it wasn't a cartel that came to him. It was some other big wheel guy that the doctor was working for. The cartels got in it because the nephew was, I mean, he was the nephew. This young, other young boy, young, young guy, was the cartel's, the top man of the cartel's nephew. So the cartel nephew had a side gig. His side gig was working with this little clique that was working for the doctor who had the safe with all the money that they robbed. You got the young man on a rampage, right? And he was finding all of them. He wanted to find out who killed his uncle, right? The mentor outside the jail. So when he got down to the nephew of the cartels, the the little guy said, man, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. I'm so-and-so nephew. You don't want to do this. You're going to start a whole ripple effect. They're going to come after you and kill you. They're going to come after you and kill you, right? So now, in the midst of all this, the time that went by that he was finding these people who was part of killing his uncle, he met this young lady, beautiful young lady. They fell in love. And um, he just wanted to get this over with. She was pregnant. Now, he went on and killed the little nephew, right? So now the cartel is looking for who killed his nephew, right? So he thinking he threw but remember what the guy told him in jail? He said, don't get hooked up with the cartels no kind of way. Because no matter how you get hooked up with them, the only way you're going to be able to get out is to die. Now, I think I might have fell asleep on, like, the end part of it. But what I do remember is the head cartel that I saw that he killed. Because they came in. And they found them, and they tortured his fiance, and she was pregnant. So that just clicked. He just like clicked, right? And some kind of way, 
he met up with the head cartel and he remembered a guy face who the young man was telling him about you don't want to do this you don't want to do this and lo and behold he killed he killed all of them man he just went on a rampage so he wound up back in jail right for life i mean to death row right so the young lady it was time for him I'm going to just speed it up. It was time for him to go, right? So the daily wrote her recommendation stating that he should have another chance in life because of this happening. Uh, he never experienced his own life. He was caught up into ABCDFG. And the worst thing that he can, uh, the, the, the doctor asked him, will be the worst thing that you feel out of all the stuff that you have done? All the things that you have done will be your worst fear when you get in that chair and take your last breath. And you know what that young man said? He said, well, it won't be my worst fear, but it'll be sad that my whole life turned out the way it was. And that when I look across through that glass, I won't have no one. I won't. I won't have no one to see me off. Right? Cause his mom did. By then, his uncle had died. They killed his fiance. He didn't have opportunity to really build a life to know anybody. Right? He was in jail all his life. Right? And um, he said to see that nobody would be on the other side to send me off. And so, lo and behold, they show her running back with the with the folder where she went to try to petition him not to have, not to die. And they wouldn't know what to do and she banged on the door, banged on the door because at least she wanted him to see her to let her know, hey, I care. And I want you to know that I'm going to see you all. And when they start injecting a lethal injection in him, and they asked him, did he have any last words? He looked out, and he didn't see no one else, but you know the judge, the priest, the regular folks that they had, and he didn't see no one that, that knew him or anything. Just like he said, they laid him back, they laid him back down, and start releasing the fluid in him. And she's at the door knocking. Because she wanted him to see her. That hey I'm here. And I'm going to send you all. But. As he laid down. His fiance came to him. In his, in his soul. In his spirit. And she was like I'm waiting for you. We all waiting for you. You're not alone. And so it showed where he had a tear. Tears coming out of his eye, and the the doctor who was at the door, the folder fell out her hands, and when it opened up, it said denied. They denied because they they judged him on his lifestyle, and he 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 did some damage. But this is what I got out of this story, and this is what I want you guys to understand. 
And I believe this is why I take time out with people. I value people. And it's not me. I'm going to rewind that. It's the God in me that wants people to know that you are valuable. That someone cares about you. God cares about you. And I, I, I fight about certain stuff, but then I come to grips to understand that, no, this is my calling. This is what God had me to do. And it's just different from everybody else. And I'm just, I just have a different role in this life. I didn't understand it. I try to blend in and be here and be there. But when I really come and be still before God, I understand, no, he had me in the right place. And I have accepted that now. And so I'm not trying to be out there in the forefront. And God said, I need you to be my hands and my feet, my eyes, my ears. I need you to be my voice. And I need you to be that person to have an ear to hear people. I need you to be an ear to listen so they can understand, hey, somebody sit there and listen to me. That young lady sit there and she listen to me. And so if that's what I have to do, you guys, that's what I have to do. And through that whole story, the Lord asked me, he said, now what did you get out of that? I said, ooh. I said, well, I got one thing out of it, Father, that this child didn't have no life. I mean, it was like he was he was forced in a in a life of violence when he only was protecting himself and 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 you know he really didn't have opportunity to live. And he said, Yeah, that's true. He said, Well you don't get nothing else out of that. Well, only thing I can say, Lord, is that his cycle started when he was a little boy. Nobody didn't know. Nobody didn't understand that in the beginning of his innocence, it was taken away from him because his uncle was molesting him. And really, that started the whole domino effect. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you got it. And I said, I got it. He said, yeah. He said, because that's how God sees everyone. He said, God knows you from your beginning. He said, remember, the word says that not only that God knows you, he said, he said, I know you before you was even formed in your mother's womb. I know what kind of life that you're gonna that you will live before you even come out. I know the battles that you have to face. I know the tests and trials that's gonna come your way. I know you. I was like, whoa. He said, so because I know you, you don't have to try to explain yourself to nobody. Cause I know you. That was like, if that wasn't a revelation for me, you guys. You, you gotta understand. You gotta understand that everybody has a beginning and everybody has an ending. 
It's what we do in between that will either make or break us. And and what I mean about what we do in between, are we going to allow God God to stay in it? He said, I was with that young man through the whole week. But you was with him. I was like, because it was based on two, two events. I said, but daddy, that was like unfair. I mean, he was the victim, and they made him the villain. He said, and daughter, sometimes it's like that. I said, oh. My Lord. I say, my Lord, my Lord. That is so hard, my Lord. <laughs> and I just, just sit there and say, okay. So the next time somebody sit across from you or you meet somebody, don't be so quick to judge them. I don't care where they are, even with the homeless person. I met a, I met a, um, I'm going to go probably on the next episode on this one here. But yesterday, one, two, three, three, my top, my three, my first three customers yesterday, they all had came out of prison. I, I just... It just caught my attention. And so, different things. This is what Daniel was showing me. He said, the things that you are aware of, others are not. The things you pay uh, in details, other people don't. So, just don't take your gift lightly. It's a gift. I was like, whoa, okay, okay. So, you guys, I want you you all to go out through the remaining of your world. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Take time out and value people. Don't take their now and make it a lifestyle of judgment on them. Because it'll be very interesting to know that person and who they really are and how they became the way they are. And maybe they just need somebody when they look up and they just see somebody else on the other side, they just may need you to send them off. They may need that smile. <laughs> they may need that last phone call. <laughs> Before they see somebody again, 
it, it made me to hear you say thank you. Thank you for being there for me. I want to just say thank you. And just honor you. For just being there for me. Taking care of me. I remember you. And maybe it's for me. To hear that joy and that laughter. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but when people come to me, they start talking about their deep things that I'm told that they can't share with nobody. And then God reveals some deep things to me about mostly everybody I come in contact with. And so with that, I I don't take it for granted. And I value it. And he's teaching me the God way. And so I'm just spreading that love over the airwaves. Because while you singing your songs, writing your words, producing your books, building your platform, meet people all over the world. God know the real you. He knew your beginning and your ending. He knew you before you was formed in your mother's womb. And because of that, he has given us all the opportunity to treat people fairly and not to judge them. Don't mislead people. Don't mischief people. Don't deceive people. You kind of understand? Just like you have... You want God to allow you to grow. Allow people to grow around you. Now, I'm not saying accept behaviors. No. You you don't accept people's behaviors of abuse and and tolerance and emotional um, deterioration and just the psychopath methodology that some people use to get what they want. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. And even with those type of folks, they have a beginning too that God knows them. But the Father wants us to make sure that we stay healthy mentally, physically, spiritually. That our souls are in line with Him. And that nothing by any means shall home thee. Be prayerful. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct our path. I believe if that mother would have took time out and hear her son when that priest came to her, they would have had a better lifestyle. That child would have turned out a better way. But because the child only know of the mother, and thought that because this is my mother, 
She's going to care about me and she's going to understand. She turned against him. And that just messed this world up. And we have a lot of parents that as our child, children grew up, you know, we couldn't say certain things. In my generation, my generation, we couldn't say certain things. Everything was hush-hush. This generation now, these last two generations, oh, they gonna talk it, tell it, not respectful. They just do what they want to do. They want it their way. They need their time. They need their self-time. You know, I can't handle these children. I need my time for myself. Well, in our generation, it's no more me time. (laughs) You know, you got to take care of these doggone children. You know, and that's just how we was raised. But it's a different era, different atmosphere, and society is not helping at all. So I'm going to chime in on the next episode. I'm trying to get ready to get out of here. And I just wanted to finish that story because I had one of my listening audience and a customer was like, um, I was waiting for the rest of that story. It was pretty good. So I want to share that on this Testimony Tuesday to finish that off. You can listen to the first half. Um, I'm going to put it on the feed for Saturday, but then I'm going to have this one. I'm going to keep this one also uh, on for today, okay? So this is Dr. D. I do believe that this is the last day for voting for um, the Rhythm and Gospel Music Awards for the Boom Factor. I appreciate everybody who took time out to do the voting. And uh, we just give God the glory and praise. And we thank God that it's up to Him. It's in His hand. We give honor and glory to him. Because without him, we can do nothing. And only what you do for Christ, Yahshua, will last. And that's the truth. When that time comes, you're only going to be able to take yourself and other souls with you. All this other material stuff, accolades, buildings, you know, all this other material stuff is none but material stuff. You ain't going to take that with you, but I can take a soul with me. I can take somebody else um, with me to the next phase of our living. And they say from life to death, but God is saying from life to life. How you live here is how you're going to live on the other side. So how do you want to live on the other side? You want to be lazy on this side? You're going to be lazy on the other side. Matter of fact, preferably you be fit for the kingdom. Right? <laughs> Lord, let me get off here. Okay, so I'm going to at you guys later. God bless you. I love you. This is Dr. D with the Boom Factor. And I will chat with you guys later.